Welcome to those of you who are watching the rugby. And um, I'm sure are confident and happy about how it's going so far. Are you are your bets in for okay, okay. I know there I know you Christians, but I know there are a few bets on the go. Um, I'm excited to share a word with you tonight. But before I get to the conversation, um, just one or two things to um, to mention. Um, next Sunday, um, the now famous Figo is going to share the word. Um, now, I really, uh, I really want to encourage you. Um, you know, one of the things about um, our whole conversation series at the moment is building a healthy life. And health and building a healthy life and a healthy um, church life, uh, um, it, it includes cheering people on, standing with them, creating and building space. I, I have to remind myself that, I don't know, a long time ago, 30 years ago, um, in a church in Summer Strand. Um, some of you may know the church. It's, I think it's called Church on the Way now. It's just before the university there. I was the youth pastor there. Yeah, a long time. Yeah, a long time. A long time. There wasn't electricity in South Africa. Oh, same. Same as now. Um, but a long time ago, I was the youth pastor there, and the pastor there said, hey, uh, do the evening service. And I'm incredibly grateful for a gap. I'm incredibly grateful that uh, even in my ignorance, um, people cheered and prayed and believed and I, you know, pretty much and wasn't wise at all. I was, wasn't wise at all then. I'm, I'm probably and not fully wise now either, but um, God opened a door and I'm actually in ministry now because somebody said, take an evening service and see what the Lord will do. And I think it's healthy to be a place that incubates, creates and raises more and more voices for the gospel. I think that is healthy and that is cool to do and I want to encourage you to do it. Can you say amen to that? So Figo, I'm going to be in the front row. Where are you? I'm not sure where he is. There you are, Figo. I'm going to be in the front row cheering you on this coming Sunday. That's right. Cool. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, tonight I wanted to talk to you about how to have a healthy response to testing and temptation. A healthy response. Have you ever responded to something and then regretted the way you behaved? And ever, ever said to yourself, I must remember that. Next time I will be better. And then in the heat of the moment, with the background music of a soapy playing behind you, you leant into your old self and you did it again. You're like, I've got to remember that. I've got to be more holy when I'm having a, a moment. Is that still a term? When I'm having a moment, I've got to, I got to uh, be more healthy. Well, let me tell you, um, you don't learn from a fight how to be a better faith person. You learn from faith how to be a better faith person. You go to Scripture and He writes something in your heart and then it, it becomes... 
the, the heartbeat of your soul. And so when you're in that moment, you'll end up saying, I don't know where my peace came from. I don't know where those words came from. I don't know where my strength came from. I went outside of myself. I behaved outside of myself and I'm proud of the way that went. And that doesn't come from you going, oh, I must remember that. That comes from you saying, Jesus, right in my heart, who I'm meant to be. And in the moment, I will be that thing. And I don't know if you've ever been in a place of going, God just took over. If you've ever had the experience, a conflict, a test, a tough moment, and you just, you, you, your response is, that wasn't even me. That was Jesus. And I wanted to talk to you a little about that. And I think the most useful example in Scripture for me of Jesus teaching us how to respond well in a healthy way to tests and temptations. There are two I want to take you to. Peter, when he had that, should we, should we say he had like a bit of a breakdown? Is that fair to say? I think Peter may, I mean, I think in modern terms, he had a bit of a breakdown. Okay, let me put it to you this way. If you, during a fight, took a sword out and cut somebody's ear off, the person without the ear is going to hospital and you are going to a different hospital. So, so I think it's fair to say he had a bit of a moment, a breakdown, a thing. He denied Jesus. He was embarrassed. He had the, the rooster roosted. What did the rooster do? The rooster crowed. And then, and Peter was broken. And, and then I want to talk to you about how Jesus responded in, after his 40 days and 40 nights of fasting and he's tested in the wilderness. And I'll talk to you about how Jesus responded in those three testing questions and ask the Holy Spirit to write it, write it into our hearts. For those of you who are deeply interested in this space, in the Christian faith, it, it, this is, it falls under the category of inner healing. Inner healing. And the idea there is that we all respond not as we hope, but we respond as a function of our health. Right? So somebody may push you just one step too far and they bear the brunt of like a whole year's worth of frustration. Like they just happen to be the boxing bag that you manifested on. But your actual stuff there is unhealthy, mom issues, dad issues, exes issues, budget issues, bank card issues, electricity issues. And then you took all of that and you're like, here we go. And that's why it's called inner healing, that if we could close off things in our lives and conclude them and let God put them in the right box, then you could step out of that and be in the moment the person you need to be in that moment. And I want for us to live our lives not having regret at the way we behaved in the moment of a test or a temptation. And I wanted to encourage you, Jesus had it done, tested and tempted, and Peter, you know, honestly, two of the biggest names in the New Testament, I would have to say that the New Testament it definitely wouldn't exist without one of them. And yet they went through tests, and, and, and temptations and trials. So um, I want to encourage you, to, to try, I mean, I don't wanna, it's not a prophet, I don't want to prophesy like it's gonna, you're going to get a test this week. And for some of you who are studying, like this whole conversation is very uncomfortable. Any more discussion about a test and you're on, <laughs> we are not going to, we're not going to be friends afterwards. But I, I want you to know it never stops because Test and temptation is the training ground for your maturity. Prevent somebody from going through a trial or a test and you keep them immature. 
and let them go through something. And what happens? They find their spiritual strength, right? So let's go with that in mind. John chapter 18, uh, verse 10 says this, Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it. Now, the Bible does say having a sword. There's a lot of questions about what Peter brought a sword to a prayer meeting for. Because let's just pause for a moment and acknowledge the occasion. Jesus and the disciples up in the mountains praying. Peter didn't bring a Bible. Peter brought a sword. So I just want you to know there are a lot of you uh, are not bringing Bibles to your events. You're bringing, yeah, you're bringing swords. You're already, you're, you want to cut somebody before you even got there. Like you're already in that frame of like, come near me, I want to, and um, so there's a, there's a, <laughs> some of you are like, okay, this is for you today. Others of you are like, I've got a friend I need to send this to. But what did, Peter, Peter is about to become a saint. He arrives at a Bible study with a sword. A lot of question marks around that. He drew it. He struck the high priest's servant. Also pretty random. Not the person who said anything to him. Not the centurion who came to arrest him. Not Judas, who set up the whole thing with a kiss. Random, nameless servant. Like, have you noticed that when you're not healthy in your reactions, you hurt the people who don't deserve it? And you avoid the people you need to confront? And Peter's behaving exactly like that. He's bringing the wrong tools to the wrong event, arrives upset to begin with, so everyone's on edge around him. He's randomly picking people to pick a fight with because they're easier than confronting his actual demons, which is maybe he wants to hit Judas because, because Judas did this. Maybe he wants to be upset with Jesus. We, we gave you our lives and now here you are in this weird fight that we're all in. Why are we all in this fight? Maybe he should be upset with the with the man, who, the centurion who came to arrest Jesus, but instead other people pay the price. You know, when you're not healthy, other people pay the price. The wrong people pay the price for your injury. Is that fair to say? And I think Peter really represents that really well. Um, and, then, and then verse 11, so Jesus says to Peter, put your sword into the sheath. Uh, shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? Now that verse is really powerful. It says, it says this, it means this, Peter, the way you're doing things isn't gonna stop what has to happen anyway. And sometimes when we're unhealthy, we go about doing things that doesn't change or stop the problem anyway. It just for a moment makes you feel better. But actually, it doesn't solve the problem. And that's really a powerful reminder. What's really interesting is that Peter witnesses, I, I didn't have the time to put all of that, and the whole chapter's cool, the whole book is of, of John is cool, uh, the whole Bible the book is in is cool. But, um, you know, Jesus heals the, so that's a, I would say that's a pretty big miracle. Uh, Jesus takes the, I, I don't know if he actually did. did he, I don't know if he took the ear off the ground and, or he just like another one. <laughs> and just check the size. It's like, 
Photoshop, Photoshop, but in live, like just scale, scale. Yeah, that looks, they look the same now. I'm not sure how he, some of you guys are practicing on your friends. I'm not sure how he did it, but Peter saw it, and then only a few verses later, 17, a servant girl uh, opens the door, lets Peter in, and says, Aren't you one of his disciples? And the very same Peter who witnessed an ear appear on a man three verses before said, I'm not that guy. He's still hurt. He's not in a good place and he's responding and reacting in an unhealthy way. And if you know the story where inner healing comes in, Jesus, after he's resurrected, goes and finds Peter, remember, and he makes a fire at the beach and, and uh, invites Peter to come and have a meal with him. That's why in some communities over Easter, there's pickled fish, which I highly recommend, with hot cross buns especially. And then you can, but don't get the willies one. Find somebody who knows how to make it. Now you must, you must, you need a few colored friends. You, you find somebody who knows how to make it and then you have actual, people are laughing and they're also making notes, pastor's Easter present, pickled something. But that's why we do it, by the way. It comes from that. And what did Jesus do to heal him? Jesus said, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Let's take you to the memory of each of your denials and replace the memory of each of your denials with the win of your confession so that we can heal the memory of your heart so that the people around you don't pay the price for your inner disappointment, inner healing. You say, amen to that. This is a really powerful thing. Sometimes Jesus will take you to the memory of a thing and replace it with your confession of victory in that moment. So your memory isn't galvanized in disappointment. And I think there's something really powerful about that. And so I think it's important for us to navigate that in a healthy way. And so over the next um, few minutes uh, I have with you, and we're trying to, we're committing to, to doing a, a 5 p.m. that's one hour long, at least until revival hits. And then, you know, then we've got time, like we've got time before work. But until revival hits, we're going we're gonna to build intentionally. And by the way, having, you know, Jude here and other kids in the future is all part of the plan where I'm full on believing for a f- full all ages energized 5 p.m. service that will one day include Kids Church program and one day include, yeah. We realized that trying to customize a, a 6 p.m. that's like uniquely different and then try to make it age specific wasn't wise. That era is in, in you know, it's 2019. But, but now is the opportunity to build something a bit different and I love that opportunity. I think it's awesome and let's embrace it and make it healthy, right? So over the next few minutes, I'm going to take the three tests Jesus had and how he responded to them and try and recommend uh, a a lesson for each of us from that on how to respond uh, to testing and temptation in a healthy way. The first kind of test, Jesus divides, Jesus' experience in the wilderness divides tests up and temptations up into three categories. This is when you're most likely to be unhealthy. Okay, so bear that in mind. This is when you're most likely to be unhealthy. Number one is the test of after a long time. Have you ever just run out of patience? It's just like, I just can't wait any longer. Like, I mean, don't put your hand up. Maybe don't put your hand up because that will reveal your heart. But have you ever like, just like, oh, another day of this. 
Now, if that's only been three days, you need to pray for patience. You do not have enough patience. But, you know, if after a long time, um, there is a, there's a verse in Proverbs that says, hope deferred, something you expect to happen being delayed, is like sickness to the bones. You run out of patience. It's okay. You can even take my mark if, if that happens. That's, I mean, we're raising the next generation. I said, let's embrace that. Let's be healthy about it. So here we go. Um, and so look at, let, let me show you in Scripture what I mean by that. Uh, Luke 4. I mean, let's, I've got to do it. Hey, Jude. I had to do it. I mean, I, I could sing it, but empty the church. Empty the church. Um, Luke chapter 4. Uh, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. I always thought there was just a 40-day fast, but it wasn't. It was a 40-day fight. I thought he had a, a lack of fast for 40 days. If you get such a thing as a lack of, like no food, for, it sounds, you guys sound traumatised just listening to that. But he didn't just not eat for 40 days. He didn't eat because he was in a spiritual fight. His future was being forged and the devil wouldn't let him go. It was the start of his whole calling in life. And for 40 days, the devil irritated him. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterwards, when they had ended, they had ended the, the fight. He was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, command the stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. That first moment where you could become unhealthy is when you feel like your patience has run out waiting. Or when you feel like the same thing is taking too long. Or when you feel like the distance between where you started and where you want to be seems to be getting longer. And I just want to encourage you in that moment, that's when you need to take a spiritual action. And you need to put yourself in God's hands. And you need to make sure you have a victory in that moment. So here's what happens. The devil says to Jesus, hey, you're hungry and you haven't eaten in a long time. It's been a long 40-day fight. Turn these stones into, into bread. And Jesus says, that's not, that's not what I need. What I need is every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So the first, the best way to overcome, to behave in a healthy way and to overcome a time of testing or temptation is to respond in your heart that what's happening to me is not my real food. This is not real food. My real food is spiritual. That's where you start. You say, even if I got everything I'm asking for, hoping for and waiting for, it wouldn't feed my soul. It might feed my body. It might feed my expectations. It might even feed my dreams and desires, but not my soul. My soul is fed from bread from, with bread from heaven. And when you get that idea right, you start to behave in a healthy way. So all unhealthy behavior comes from a kind of selfishness. How dare you do that to me? Take me out of the equation and all you've got is you're just doing stuff. <laughs> Carry on. You see what the devil tried to do? Hey, I, I got you to this place where um, you have a desperate need and you've 
not eaten for 40 days, that's enough. You, I mean, this is one of my most irritating phrases, although people say it as a joke. So if you've said it to me, I'm not upset. I've taken me out of this. And if you're going to say it to me later, I'm not upset. But like when I stand in front of like a cheesecake and somebody says, you deserve it. I'm like, oh Lord. Do not reward yours. That's not food to the soul. But it is a kind of food to the body. But it's not food to the soul. Uh, the devil tries to trick you into thinking you deserve to be um, listened to. You deserve to be rewarded. You deserve to be right. And that is going to lead you into an unhealthy reaction in Scripture. So I want to encourage you. Step one, the test is after a long time and the result is to tempt you into thinking you deserve or need it, but actually you don't. What you really need is to be right with God and God will make everything right with you. Amen. That's a crucial component. The second thing is the idea of the test of a moment in time. The test of a moment in time. I want to encourage you about being healthy that don't let a moment mess up everything else. Just think about that. Don't let a moment mess up everything else. So look at the language in the same passage of Scripture. Luke chapter 4, verse 5, Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment in time. In a moment of time. I thought, I didn't even, I had never noticed that verse before. It was just like, could I just get you amazed for one moment and in that one moment of, of awe or lust or, or desire, could I get you to make a decision you would have made, wouldn't have made any other time, but I set up a moment and that moment sabotaged you. I want you to be wise to that moment in time. And do you know how many times in Scripture um, good people, um, godly people made had unwise moments. And I want to encourage you that even when that happens, God is able to turn a moment of time into a miracle moment and from a miracle moment restore it into an eternal moment. But be wise to that moment in time. Can you say amen to that? You have to be wise enough to say, I'm tired, I'm not thinking clearly, this is not a good idea, uh, I'm not going to fall for this moment because God has a plan for me that's eternal and one moment won't dictate the eternal in my life. Amen? I think that's really important. It's also important to know that you know, if you step into a moment, you'll be surprised how quickly a moment can become a month, can become like... So I'm listening to this therapist guy on YouTube the other day. He's part of like this organisation called Ramsey something. Dave Ramsey Podcasts. The therapist's name is John, some, I'm really not good with names. John Deloney, I think. Anyway, uh, Christian Foundation. Uh, Dave Ramsey's Christian finance guy and just John Deloney's a Christian therapist guy and you call in. This lady phones and says, you know what, uh, I w I've been working with my boss for a couple of years and we just had this moment where we started falling for each other, but he's married and, and uh, you know, there was just this moment in the office and, and then like we crossed some lines and we, we kissed and then, you know, in the moment and the moment and in the moment. 
And then, like, now we don't know, like, we, don't, we can't really work. It's awkward to work together. And, like, you know, I don't want to ruin his wife's life. And so the therapist says, so, so how long ago was that? And she said, um, it's been seven years now. I'm like, okay, that is not a moment. Like, you're not having a moment. You have created a lifestyle now. Like, that is not a moment. He was so good with his response. He was like, yeah, that's longer than most intentional marriages. Like that, you, you have had an accidental marriage longer than most people's intent. Like, that is not a moment. Number two, you have ruined her life. The, well, you're not going to, you have. Her life is ruined. It is your fault. Let's just own the situation. Build it from, no, no, no. I like that kind of talk. I'm like, let's just call it what it is. Like, if we've got to kill a snake, let's call it a snake, then I know which sword to bring. A big one, Matt says. Let's just call it what it is. If we're dealing with a little hoha, I bring spray. But if we're dealing with a snake, I bring a gun. I'm not even chancing swords. That's like you're still going to get a meter. I don't like hissing things. Things that hiss back. I'm very sorry. I don't keep feral cats as pets. I don't keep snakes as pets. I don't want to know about your affection for pumas. They hiss, they out. That is right there from Genesis, and the serpent hissed at Eve. <laughs> I'm just telling you, that's how I read it whenever I read it. Seriously, did the Lord say you can eat from? That's how I hear it. When I read that verse, I just hear his thing. It makes me very uncomfortable when I hear his thing creatures. So he just said, listen, um, okay, so it's not a moment. Let's not call it a moment. You had a moment, but you turned the moment into a marriage, a fake marriage. What you're doing is you're living in a fake marriage, creating a fake world. Your moment became a lifestyle and now it's hard to, to come back from that. So just don't let a moment define you. Like I find so many people do that. Um, you let a moment, a moment of failure, a moment of frustration, a moment of sin define you. Let Jesus inner heal you from that moment and set you on the right path towards your journey. Can you say amen to that? Otherwise, it, it becomes uh, a problem. So, so Jesus has this test of after a period of time, like after a long time. It's been 40 days without food. Come on, you deserve it. Have some bread. Not a very, you know, not a very, I don't know about the temptation value there, you know. So let's turn the stone into Nando's. I think, I think that might have been harder um, to, but like, anyway, bread. Um, and then we have this moment. He shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, like just that in a momentary enticement. You may not know this, but the devil has a way of making something silly look shiny, but he can only do it for a few seconds. If you can outweigh him, you'll win. It just lasts for a few seconds. Oh, it looks very, very good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What was that thing? Then the real thing reveals. But he's got enough angel of light qualities to put it all together and catch you on a tired day ah, and make it look good. But not for long. Outwalk him. Outweigh him. Outpace him. I'd pray him. You tell it straight. If that's still there in three months, it's meant for me. If it's not there, I'm not going to have to fight for it. 
That's the way it's going to be. And you'll see truth starts to reveal itself. And then thirdly, um, uh, oh, I, I need to give you uh, your response to that, right? You need to learn the concept of what's temporal and what's eternal. And you need to say, this thing is not forever. It's not forever. One of the most valuable things about a healthy reaction, a healthy response in life, is just to know what's eternal and what's temporal. Once you know something's temporary, you can get through it. Once you know what's eternal, you can lean on it. My salvation is eternal. God's plan for my life is eternal. This joy is eternal. Peace is eternal. Faith is eternal. This temporary happiness, temporary temptation, temporary glitter, temporary shiny is not forever. It will pass away. But that which is of God never does. Can you say amen to that? Cool. And then, and then um, I would like to do the third one. And although um, in theory we should finish at six, would it be okay if we finished at five minutes past six? Just to give five minutes of a church service to people who've arrived for the six. I feel that would be, uh, that's, it's the least we can do. I think it's the least we can do. Otherwise, it's very unfair. So uh, then you can double back and, and, and catch the rest of the info on the podcast. So it's just like, I feel very awkward now. Someone walks in and sits down and I say, amen. Like I feel, I sis. What a bad host. Um, and then, and then her, uh, uh, the third test Jesus has um, is defined as an opportune time. The test of an opportune time. I personally find this one the hardest. What is the test of an opportune time? That is when it just looks like it comes at a good time. Just be careful. Things that come at a good time may not be things that come on God's time. And you might look at something and go, you know, I was just thinking about I was gonna I was thinking I need a car and now there's this photo of a Ferrari Jesus Jesus sent me, just be careful, the opportune time may not be the appointed time. There's a very big difference between opportunity and appointment. Very big difference. Everybody thinks opportunity is from God. Unsaved, unchristian people get opportunity all the time. Got nothing to do with it. It's just a, it's, that's running your life on the roulette of luck. Oh, everything just came together for me. Just be careful. Did God send it? Or did context send it? Think wisely about how you, you're landing there. Look, look, at, look at how it happened for Jesus. Luke chapter um, 4, verse 9, the last one of his temptations in the wilderness. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, the devil, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you and in their hands uh, they shall bear you up lest you dash your feet against the stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, uh, depart, what did he say, help me? And Jesus answered and said to him, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Uh, and now when the devil uh, had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. The devil missed, lost that round, but he said to himself, I'll set up opportune times, moments where it just looks like everything's coming together and it looks right. And, the, and if you're not sharp, you'll, you'll, you'll mix opportunity with appointment. 
Now let me tell you something about a blessed life. When you are blessed, which you will all be, if you aren't already, it's on its way. When you are blessed, you're going to have more opportunities than you can fulfill. So you have to learn to say, thank you for the opportunity, but I want to make sure it's an appointment from the Lord. Because if you think opportunity is proof of anything, you're going to have more than you can handle in a day. You'll have more business than you can deal with. You'll have more opportunity than you can deal with. You'll have more possibility than you can deal with. And you're going to say, opportunity is no longer my standard. My standard is appointment. Has the Lord appointed it for me? That's my standard, not opportunity. And you know, um, you have to be so careful because uh, sometimes opportunity is something we... Um, how do I end this without being nasty? Like opportunity is sometimes something we, what's the right word? We make it up. Here's what I mean. Because um, you're looking so much, you turn it into an op- luck. Into an, I'll, give, I'll give you an example. This one young man, I'm taking you back 20 years easily. It's my last example. I'm going to say amen. Taking me back 20 years easily. He wanted, he wanted to date this girl, Varsity. Both Varsity students. <clears throat> but she wasn't really a Christian. and he, he, was, he felt he could overcome that. It was fixable. So he tells the story to me that he was sitting on a bench at the beachfront and on a breezy but not windy like now, that's like, you know, you, the, the answer is definitely no from the Lord if you go to the beach on a day like today and you ask him a question and then there's a tsunami, that the answer is no. But, I mean, clearly like he moved, you know, the planet to get your attention. But while he's sitting there, like general rubbish sort of was flying past his feet and a piece of paper got stuck on his, on his shoe and it just said the word Yes. Okay, so hang on now, hang on. You're so excited. You're missing my point. She's not saved. That was an opportunity, but not an appointment. Because you want it. You make it say yes in places it didn't say yes, but you want it, so that's what you, you know. I refer to this really silly movie. It's so silly. I can't believe I watched it. I apologize for watching it. I only got one line out of it that was useful to Jesus. It was some movie that sort of like rips off the Greek gods, which should be ripped off. They are ridiculous. And I'm Greek, I can say that. Um, but this one guy is a son of some, the son of some Greek god. But he's not okay. He's irresponsible and childish. And so his big brother says to him, you know, your problem is that you are a great disappointment. But this guy, he doesn't let things get him down. He says to his friend, you see what my brother says? He says, I'm great. <laughs> he just cuts out that disappointment part. He just remembers great because that's, that's his vibe. It's like everything's good. I'm good. No matter what people tell me, I only hear the good stuff. You're a great disappointment. This guy is great. Gets a tattooed, I am great. Like, you've got to, you, you know, the problem with opportunity versus, you know, which movie it was? 
Because if you do, then you and I both need to go and you know, drink a double shot espresso afterwards. Uh, no, I don't want opportunity. I want appointment. The planting of the Lord. I am a tree planted by the Lord. I want a life planted by the Lord. I want it appointed by God. I want a marriage appointed, a career appointed. I don't want something that happened to be the only opportunity or an opportunity in a moment in time after a long period of time waiting. And now I think that's right. No, I've waited. I've avoided the moment in times and I now want an appointment from the Lord, not just any random opportunity that comes my way. Can you say amen to that? And let me tell you, opportunities will come even when, when you, you, you know, even when you've already received something from the Lord, some opportunity will come to tempt you away from it. So with that in mind, will you please stand with me as we get ready to pray? So I want to encourage you to... Um, to stick around, have a cup of coffee and meet some people. I think quite a lot of the food is already has, was pre-purchased, but I, I do know there are pancakes and I think a couple of pizza slices still, I don't know. Um, but stick around, that's the goal of ending a little earlier and hopefully we'll, we'll make some friendships and, and build together. But I'd like to pray about whether your responses to temptation and testing, whether those responses are healthy. So could we pray about that for a moment? So Lord, please will you, will, you, <clears throat> will you give us good spiritual sight, wise discernment, mature response. Will you help us recognize that it is easy to fall into a reaction that is unhealthy? And like Peter, fail at the moment and then pull ourselves down into negativity. Lord, will you please heal us of unwise responses and reactions and mature us so that, so that we walk wisely and that we, we, we respond and react wisely. Lord, will you, will you cause for us to be victorious when we've waited a long time? Victorious in that test of a moment of time and wise, discerning to distinguish the difference between just a random opportunity and a divine appointment, Lord. We pray that we'll live our lives appointed by the Father, every day appointed by God, we pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, would you give God a shout of thanksgiving and worship? And-